This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Hello. We are tired. Um, Abby and I turned were Cinderella yesterday, and now we are back to our normal lives. We will discuss our whirlwind trip. Uh, but last night, we, after going, attending the Dancing Queens premiere, we ordered sushi and laid in bed and watched Vanderpump Rules. What better way to end a night in New York than VPR? So um, let's get into it. Let's get into it. I also would add, I mean, we were exhausted, but I think you might be the only person who fell asleep for the last few minutes of a Vanderpump episode at this season. I was impressed. I can't either. Like, (laughs) you poked at me. I've realized, guys, like... Side note, how horrible of a roommate I am to Abby, especially after I drink, because not only has she had to get another bedroom at BravoCon because I snore so loud, but I snore like all the time. And so like I wake up, I noticed her. She had a pillow over her head. Not only that, she has her eye mask and earplugs because of me. And then, of course, I fell asleep during the show. So um... no, it was fine. (laughs) It's like we're a married couple. Like I'm there. We were good. We were good. Like I knew it. I had my earplugs prepared. I was ready. Um, and honestly, I was so tired that I passed out hard. So we it were good. We had a great time, but we also had a great time watching this. I feel like we kept saying, like looking at each other and just being like, this is so wild. It's like each episode, the affair between Rachel and Tom is Sandoval, I guess I should say, because I don't want to confuse you guys. The affair between them though, is just more and more thrown in our face. And this episode, it was so like, wild and just even like we'll dive into it but the like ariana defending raquel yeah everyone it was i have chills as like we're talking about it so i mean we get the ken moment that we saw in the trailer which is so comical to me that he literally walked in the room and said that and then walked out that was a little i mean that was a little weird i i could see how some people think like was was some of this like later filmed and added in like, and that might be one of those things. I was like, was that really? Cause it also was something that like, they just showed it like a, a glimpse back to it. And then, um, it was a scene of Lala and James talking about it. I'm like, that could have been filmed after the fact. Yeah. It was just but very like interesting and just seeing again, like all the major Easter eggs and we get to the, like the glamping trip. And I'm like, I'm sick of farm animals. I don't know what's going on on these shows. I'm like, I don't consider I mean, guys, I like dogs and I, I like animals. I don't want to sell them anti-animal, but when I think of relaxation, <laughs> I don't think of like farm animals, but I digress. So I just think the whole, like the sleepover, I mean, really this whole episode, we just see Tom like feeling like he's getting caught in between his legs between the lies of like, yes, Raquel slept over then like how much he like defended. And it was like, I, Raquel's grown so much. And then from there, we get, like, the same thing with Ariana. Ariana's, like, comforting her, called her a role model. Raquel's in her confessional saying, these are my people. And at the end, like, Ariana defends Raquel to Katie. Like, it's mind-blowing. 
I mean, I feel like these are like why we're seeing, I mean, obviously you'd be enraged no matter what, but Ariana really isn't someone who typically gets very activated and mad ever. And so like when we see these clips of her screaming, like, I don't care about Raquel. I mean, it's some of it's like, God, like if I were her, obviously you're mad at Sandoval, but I would just be beyond pissed with Raquel because, and Andy Cohen talked about this, like Ariana defends Raquel, but she never really defends Tom. She just says Raquel would never do this. Like Raquel would never do this. And the interview where Raquel was like, okay. Also, I'm like, I'm sorry. I've never done pageant. So I have a really hard time sympathizing with this. But when she was like crying because she's like done with pageants and she like aged out and all this stuff, like, I don't know. I felt like, I'm like, weren't you going to school? Like, didn't you like have these like dreams of wanting to help like disabled children? Like why? Like go do that. Why aren't you doing that? It is like crazy. And I feel like honestly, cause you and I were in a sushi coma slash boozy haze that I'm going to, I'm going to rewatch this episode just because I want to like feel it all, all over again. But I just, it's just unbelievable to me. And I, to me, it makes the betrayal that much deeper. I will say guys again, like kind of what Abby's saying, like, this is not, yes, production. I, I would love to know from a producer, like, did they hint at anything, but on this reality show, it's their jobs to kind of like talk about their speculation on relationships. And this one actually just happened to have the legs, but they didn't have enough evidence other than like all the hearsay. So I, am just- I also think these producers and anybody in reality TV is almost like desensitized to people saying like, Oh, I think someone made out. I mean, on New Jersey, we're still talking about like Melissa, maybe making out, I mean, sorry, they're desensitized to like rumors of couples cheating and stuff because we have New Jersey, you know, talking about Melissa making out. There's always people saying like Kyle and Mauricio. And I just think like when you're in, when there's more eyes on you and you become more well-known, there's just more people that like kind of make this stuff up. So I could also see like production being like, yeah, but we've heard this about people before and it didn't turn out to be true. And I do think like Ariana's just so like, if we didn't know what we know, none of us would believe this. Like Ariana, like honestly is the biggest convincer for all of us. The fact that she stands so firm like with Rachel. And then when they were even saying like she was on the couch and we made her go sleep upstairs and like Ariana's laughing, like, yeah, why would you not sleep in a bed? Like it's, oh, it's just crazy. But I do agree with you on like the fact that we watched Sandoval really get caught in a lot of lies. And the scene that like was just unreal was when it was Lala, Ariana and Tom. And I think that's the moment when Ariana is like, I don't trust Tom, I, but I still trust Raquel. So I don't think anything's happening. But when she was basically saying like, she says in her interview, like I stand Tom and he doesn't stand me, but like, she realized that like he lied about being like being unable to leave a party because he wanted to keep partying versus be there for Ariana whose grandma died. That to me, I was just like, wow. Like if I were her, that'd be such a big red flag. So incredibly fucked up. And I would be so pissed, like hurt, angry. Like I would be like, okay, so I'm grieving and this is what you decide to do. And I think the biggest thing with Tom is that he never, in all of this, like he, he doesn't really like ever truly like fully apologize for how it appears. Instead, he's like doubling down or like, 
you know, just say, no, I mean, this is like what happened and blah, 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 blah. And Lala, yeah, definitely was kind of like on to him a little bit and challenged him. It just, it, oh, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy to me, guys. I, I, I can't get enough. Um, We will discuss the leaked trailer and the drama regarding that on our Patreon. So we will discuss more VPR, but another crazy week. Um, we're both working on watch parties. Abby's working on one in St. Louis, um, Kansas City listeners or anyone in the surrounding area. There will be a watch party at Kelly's in Westport on May 24th. All right. Uh, let's go into Jersey. Um, there were like some like good moments of this episode. I would say so far of this season, this might be my favorite one. I That's not saying a lot because I've been very hard on the season, but I did enjoy this episode. I will say as terrible as they were married together, Teresa and Joe being nice for one another, wanting happiness for one another, whether this is just a facade or not, it means so much to their daughters. And it was actually like really sweet to see when they were FaceTiming, like he was saying like, Teresa, I'm so happy for you. And she's like, I'm going to pray that like, you can come back and be with your girls more. Like, I just felt like to me, it actually did seem genuine from both of them. And it just, you could just see how much it meant to all of the girls, especially um, Gia. Like it just, it was really sweet. Yeah. I, I just, I loved how far they've come and Teresa admittingly is like, I've known him since I was like a teenager and she knows she's all about family, which always a theme with Jersey, which we'll discuss more, but she, um, I just thought that moment was so sweet and the girls looked amazing. I was watching with my husband, Kyle, and he was like, oh my God, he's like, Melania is like so grown up. I think all of us feel like we've watched these girls blossom and we can say a lot about Teresa, but I think we all can agree how amazing and devoted mother she is. Yes. I, I feel like that's the one thing you and I like have always said about her too, because people will be like, well, you guys are hard on her. And then now you're harder on Melissa. And I mean, there. this is the show. You're going to kind of flop, like flip-flop a little bit with the drama. But I feel like, I, like I've like i always felt very strongly that she is a great mother. Um, and I do, I do believe that. I think she cares so much for her girls. And um, uh, with that, I'm trying to think of a good segue into it. But I like still am at a pause for why you would buy a 16-year-old a Porsche. Um, I like, you just have, do you just have a ton of fuck you money? Like, I, 16 year olds driving they drive with other 16 year olds she might be the best like Antonia could maybe be the best most responsible 16 year old to drive ever but other 16 year olds are not like I, this car is gonna get wrecked I just I just know I mean I I'm old school call me Dolores but I just feel like I don't know like yes like I think I, they, her children are privileged. Her parents worked hard. Like I get that sense of like wanting to do something for your child who's doing well in school and like is doing amazing. But I think there's other reasonable ways than like a Porsche. Like I had a 1995 teal Corolla. Um, that's what I drove. And I don't know. What was your first car? Oh, you're going to love this. My first car, my mom got a brand new car when I turned 16 and I got my mom's white town and country minivan. Oh my God. And my parents were like, we don't want you to put a ton of kids in here. Cause like a lot of my friends also, besides being cheap and gas efficient, a lot of 
young drivers get sedans because you can't like shove a bunch of kids in there. It's it's harder to fit, you know, people in trunks and stuff like you can with big SUVs. So my parents were like, we don't want you driving a bunch of kids. So they took the back bench out thinking that I wouldn't drive that I would only drive like with three other people because we have the captain seats. What they didn't realize is like one point I had half of the JFK varsity soccer team and six of my friends and my van driving around Manchester for those in St. Louis cruising right by the K-Bova Steak and Shake. That was the place to be. So, Oh my God. Isn't that funny that we would do that in high school? You go cruising, like you just go down like your main road. Like you meet in parking lots. Like I yes. sounds like it's, I'm sure like if anyone here was born, God, probably like 1992 or later and you're young and this is going to sound so weird to you, but like, we didn't like a lot of my friends didn't have um, cell phones right away when, when they started driving. Or if they did, we all just had Nokia's and all you could do is call people on it and play snake. So like, that was your only cho- choice. That's like how you met up. You just like would cruise around. You'd find other cars of people, you know, You'd yell at a stop sign. Let's go meet at that like parking lot. Other people that would know you guys would see you there. And then the parking lot party would grow. And that's like literally what we did on the weekend. Oh my God. It's so like how like small we sound like we're like a movie, like a lifetime movie back in the Well, I also feel like with my my group of friends, everybody like got burned by having a party. Like you try to have a party once and like people like too many people come or your parents would then find out people were drinking. So then it was like, oh, it wasn't worth getting in trouble. So like a lot of my friends like, well, we're not going to have parties, but we can all go to the parking lots. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, we would do Sonic. I remember I was like, I got into my first car wreck and I lied to my parents because I was cruising when I shouldn't have been. And I said I was doing something else <laughs> and was trying to do a U-turn, got hit. The person who hit my shitty 95 Corolla, like was also like a high schooler. So I had to like lie about my story to my parents on like how it happened. Like they were very like kind of confused and I'm sure they knew, but they definitely knew they, yeah, they definitely knew. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what happened. So we can all agree that Antonia should not be driving (laughs) a Porsche. Long story Um, short. Yeah. Yes. Long story short. Okay. So dirty Louie, I feel like that moment, that kind of fourth wall moment that we saw in the car when they're going over the, he calls, she's like, you're on speaker or whatever. They're going to the invitation list of who's invited to this party. And he's like, except Melissa and Joe. And she's like, I'm filming. And you could see like the wheel spinning in Teresa's head because she knows there's cameras there. And that was a true hot mic moment. I think some people thought it was like, like that he did that intentionally. Like, how did he not know that they were filming? But she said, I'm driving. I'm with the girls. He might've thought that maybe the cameras weren't on them or weren't on at that moment. Cause I, I mean, I could see that you don't always know their filming schedule for like every single day. I think it was a true hot mic moment. Oh, I do too. And I just, to me, like, yes, obviously Teresa here is an equal player, but I think you and I, Abby, that we can agree that I think Louie does the puppeteering in terms of the mm-hmm. manipulation and the mind games. So hearing him say that like does not shock me at all. Like you would think the way he was playing it earlier on in the season of like, oh, you guys like come together. Let's talk about this. Or like when he said to Joe, like, I tell your sister all the time that all you have is each other. And like, I want you guys to reconcile. It's like, no, you're you're helping drive them apart. It yes, was- exactly. Like he's using it 
he's like pushing polling in his to his advantage. So to me, like, yes, Teresa's in the wrong, but I see him doing the puppeteering of all of this. I 100% agree. Um, let's see what else happened this episode. So we have the surprise um, shower and I, okay. I thought the shower was really sweet. I thought it was really pretty. It was really nice. You could tell Teresa was really touched, but these are the moments when you're like, oh, Teresa knows what she's doing. When she thanked every single friend besides Melissa. Yeah. So I go back and forth with this. I was thinking about it and putting myself in Teresa's shoes. Her relationship with her sister-in-law is not the same as her relationship with her new sister-in-law. It's like, she does not like Melissa. They have a rift. Like, so I think had she have said, thank you to my family who's here to support me and Louie, like she could have lumped them all. But yeah, it was shady. What do you think? Like, would you have been offended if you were Melissa? Um, I think if I was Melissa, I wouldn't be, I'd be offended, but I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, it, like this kind of stuff has happened. Like we saw it in Ireland when like Teresa was like basically saying like, I don't have family. And that's why it means so much that Jennifer and Bill are supportive of us. It's like, she does these digs at Melissa and she knows what she's doing. So I think if I was Melissa, I'd be offended, but I would 100% have like expected that to happen. Absolutely. Um, Question for you. I thought it's sweet. I like that Jennifer Aiden is like trying to incorporate traditions of her own culture, but that um, like the dancing and putting these, um, what do you like scarves or whatever around <laughs> Teresa? I'm like, why wasn't this like at a bachelor party? Why wasn't this like at the hen party? It just felt like a very like hen party bachelorette party thing to do. I mean, it would have made Ireland a lot more fun, right? Better, yeah. Better than painting on walls. I don't know, guys. Well, we're going to to the end on our journey with Jersey, but this episode was at least a little bit enjoyable. Um, we are going to take a quick little ad break here. Um, Mother's Day is coming around the corner, so I want to make Mother's Day extra special for my mom this year. That's why I'm giving her a unique, heartfelt gift that truly make her special and love the gift of StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. It is a thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you to those who matter most. Every week, StoryWorth will email your loved one a thought-provoking question of your choice from from their vast pool of options. These are questions you may have never had the chance to ask, like what's the bravest thing you've ever done in your life? Or if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? After one year, StoryWorth will compile your loved one's stories, including the photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I cannot wait to share this with my daughters. I know my dad's been doing it. I did it with my father for Father's Day, and I love. I look forward to reading his questions every week, so I'm equally excited to do this with my mom. This book is going to be amazing, but the journey there will also be a gift itself. I look forward, like I said, to reading the weekly stories and that she shares over the course of the year. I cannot, I'm really curious to kind of get her sense and her perspective of things that happened like in her youth, like what are some memorable moments of her past? So I'm, I'm looking forward to digging deep there. Give all the moms in your life a unique heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years. Story worth. Right now for a limited time, you'll save $10 on your first purchase when you go to Story Worth dot com slash real moms that is that's s-t-o-r-y 
W-O-R-T-H dot com slash real moms to save $10 on your first purchase. Storywork.com slash real moms. Summer house. All right, here we go. The the proposal episode. Um, but let's let's first just dive into to the buildup. So um I was dying there. So we have we start off with Sierra um Sierra's. I almost said Sierra. Sierra's New York party or welcome to New York. Thanks for staying for a year party. Um, and we find out about Cassidy who basically ghosted Chris, but still reaches out to see if she's invited to the party and shows up. I think Cassidy wanted to be on the show. Oh, absolutely. Like thirsty as fuck. Bye, Cassidy. And it sounds like he had a different love connection, which I loved as well. Um, I also thought it was comical while at this party that Craig was like blown away by the fact of blind dates. I mean, incestuous at its best, like, you know, with incestuous dating at its best is Charleston. I love when Paige was like, they all date each other's exes. Like, I think it's totally normal to have a blind date or to like not have known someone and then like start dating either through introduction or whatever. Like, I don't know. I mean, Kevin and I, my husband and I both went to Mizzou at the same time. I actually hung out at his frat all the time. He was a year older and we, our paths just never crossed. Um, and we were set up on a blind date and now we're married with three kids. But like, to me, it just, that never seemed weird that we didn't know each no, other before. No, it's not weird anything. at all. Yeah. I think, I love that Paige was like quick to call him out. I was like, no, you're weird. You're the, <laughs> you're the, the weird one. I, yes, I completely agree. So we had that party, which was nice. We saw Rachel. They showed like a couple different people um, that were there that we didn't get a chance to see, but Jason was there. Um, Rachel, um, I don't know. I think there's like a few other people that were there, but anyhow, um, what did you take about Carl's quick, like visit to the ER with dehydration? I was, con- I was a little confused. Cause it was like, like he passed out. They're just getting home from the hospital. Like, and I get like severe dehydration and then they're giving you an IV, but then they were like back. They're like, we're going to come to the Hamptons that night. I was like, I don't know if I had just passed out at a concert from dehydration, and it could be a mixture of stress and like just being nervous about the proposal. I don't know. I would want a night of sleep. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was a little weird that he was like, all right, we're, we're heading back to the Hamptons because I've got to propose. Yeah. I just felt like a little quick. Like, it's like, maybe you need to listen to your body, but like Kyle said, it definitely seemed to be nerves and he seemed to have felt similarly before as I showed this production showed those past clips. So I don't know. I, that was interesting to me. I will say my favorite, favorite part of this episode was watching um, Danielle and Chris really embrace their Latin heritage and having a salsa night. In all the years Danielle has been on Summer House, we've never really seen her kind of um, embrace her culture the way that she did and how she shared her story. It resonated so much with me. It got me a bit emotional just seen, you know, there's always something about being seen and feeling like you're not the only one who goes through those emotions. Um, When she talked about, you know, working in predominantly white industry of of finance and kind of having to push down um, her culture and the, you know, the things that make her her, like, I, I totally get that. And I've, I think 
a lot of people, people of color and predominantly white spaces, I think we all subconsciously do that because you want to fit in. Think so much of it is you want to be accepted and fit in for who you are. So I just absolutely love seeing her embrace that. Um, the empanadas, um, we call them in the DR pastelitos. My mom makes those. I got immediately hungry, but I thought it was a great party. And I like, I really enjoy Chris. I hope um, Bravo doesn't like, I don't know, shoe him off. I, I think there's a churn, lot of potential. Churn and burn with him. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I think there's a lot of potential with Chris. Oh, I, yeah, I actually, th- I think they're going to hold on to him because I think they see, they see him as a way to kind of like bridge the gap amongst like some of the groups in a great way. Like he gets along with Kyle, he gets along with Carl, he gets along with Danielle. He also gets along with Lindsay. Like I, he's a great person to have to be part of both of the groups. I love that moment too. I also loved when Danielle said, I'm making my mom's empanadas and Paige turns around and like, gets so excited. goes, fuck yes. Like I love me some empanadas. I make them at home myself like a lot. Um, so I just got, I just, I would get really excited over some empanadas, especially when, you know, like it means so much more for like, it's, you know, it's one thing to make all your friends dinner and it's like a special thing, but it means so much more for Danielle to do it. She's sharing part of her culture and who she is. Um, and I just thought it was a sweet way of like Paige kind of showing her support and excitement for Danielle as well. I, my favorite part of the episode though, I have to say, I loved when they were all letting, um, Chris know what his rating was for sex with um what was her name one of their the friends the other friend yeah the friend yeah. that he should have hooked up with from the beginning yes like I was dying at that like I just thought it was really funny um and I enjoyed it so I enjoy it yeah I thought it would, I liked how they all clapped and cheered yeah and like it's it eight out of fun. ten he's like yeah I didn't think it was funny They're like what do you think the score is and a lot of people were like three like everyone thought it was gonna be low. I'd say an eight out of 10. I would, I think that's a great rating. I for mean, for the time. first time. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. Uh, I also loved Andrea. You guys know oh. how much we love Andrea and his girlfriend, Lexi. We got to see Lexi. I, that was like a fun surprise for me. And like how sweet, how much they genuinely love each other. They're so passionate. Both of them got emotional about their time apart. I mean, they're such a perfect match, not only because they're both just gorgeous to look at, um, if they get married and have kids, like talk about somebody hitting the genetic jackpot, it'll be that child. But yeah, when she was crying, saying it was like time missed and it makes her sad to think they could have been together. I like in my head, I'm like, God, these two were just meant for each other. Like he also got emotional thinking about that. And I don't know, I just think it's sweet. Um, and she, I mean, they're still together now. She's part of the group. It looks like based off a of picture. So Yes. And then we get to the proposal. So I, you, I mean, you think Lindsay knew this was coming. I would like to yeah. hear your thoughts as to why. Um, I would say just given the fact that like, so everyone else was talking about like, they thought they were going to a bonfire and everyone's like, oh no, like we'll dress casual. And she's like, well, if I wear like a maxi dress, is that going to be too fancy? And people are like, no, that's probably fine. But like she based on the way Lindsay's dressed for like other things this summer, she's definitely been more on the casual side this summer. Um, like, you know, jeans and a like cute tank top type of thing. Um, I don't, you just, you just typically don't see her in a dress like that. That's like long sleeve and a maxi dress. Um, so I think like, I just think she had a hunch. She had her hair perfectly done. 
it also was like weird because they're like, oh, they want us to get firewood. So we're going ahead. I don't know. Just like the whole, and they had like five pieces of firewood. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. I and like, I know when she shared the proposal on social, there was like signage and stuff as they walked to the boardwalk. So part of me wonders if he had already done it, but I don't, I don't know. If she yeah, maybe. That. And they're just Even getting her- it on camera, but still. Her smile even to me, I was like, oh, like she knew this was coming. Like, oh, I just, she definitely, he also, he hardly helped, like was sneaky about yeah. that box, that giant box <laughs> on like, his dang. tight pants. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But to me, I just I'm happy for them. I think she had a hunch before, even before they got there, that this was going to happen. That's my, yes. my thoughts. Yes. I, I mean, I think someone, women know everything. We have like a a sixth sense when it comes to things like that. So I feel like she definitely knew something was coming and he was probably acting really weird too. Yeah. The ER visit and all that. Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, What did you think about Carl deciding to tell Chris about the engagement, but did not tell Danielle? And I know this is, we're going to find out, see more of this. I thought it was a little odd that Chris was in the know, this guy that he just became friends with this summer, but he didn't want to tell Danielle who he got in a fight with Lindsay over being like, we're in a good place. We're still friends. Yeah, I think, I think it's weird. I, I do. I listen, like, I know their friendship had been a bit, you know, a bit rocky, but I think in a moment like that, I think he could have been like, Danielle, like, I know things have been, I just want to share this with you because you've been so part of our love story and part of our friendship. Like, I'm getting ready to propose. Like, I, I think he could have kept it short and sweet like that. And she would have really appreciated it. But it's weird that he went to Chris. Yeah. I, I just think that's like, I don't think it's weird that he told Kyle, um, even though they weren't like great. That, I mean, I just think at the end of the day, those two will find a way to like make their friendship work and it's going to have like ups and downs for sure. But yeah, I just thought it was a little weird that he didn't think like Danielle should be in the know there too. I feel like either you tell no one or you, you tell everyone, like not everyone, but you make it equal. I also enjoyed that, like in the next episode that Robert kind of was defending his woman. Like he was like, but you said the girls, like he was like very clear in what was wrong and how in the choice of choice of words he used yeah um so apparently too in this next episode we'll really see danielle's reaction to it um she even admitted to us it's not gonna be her best episode we've heard that from other people that like she really has a hard time with it so it will just um i guess we'll really start to see you know we've seen this like We've seen the camel's back get a little bit weaker, and this is going to be the straw that broke it. All right. Um, well, with that, it is time for our shout out. V, who are you shouting out? I'm going to shout out us for being spontaneous and going to New York within two weeks' notice while we have busy lives as mothers and just did something on a whim. I think it's really hard um, in motherhood to kind of do those things. And thankfully you and I have a great support system that we were able to do that, but I'm just going to give it to us because I'm just really proud of us. Oh, that's really sweet. Well, I want to give mine a Bravo for, um, several things and an amazing event, the Bravo marketing and social media team just killed it with the dancing Queens premiere. We had so much fat fun at it, but also for taking a risk on this show, um, I made the mistake of telling like all of Bravo's marketing team that I didn't realize I was talking to 
that I didn't think I was going to be into this show at first based off of the trailer. Um, My thought was it was going to be way too focused on dancing, but really it is focused on these women, but it's so different from housewives. I think because like what binds them all together is that they are ballroom dancers. And I think just think it's very different from what they've done in the past with housewives. And I feel like when they do non housewife shows, it's typically, younger single people. So I like that they focused on women in their forties um, that are out there like making life happen for them. So um, I'm giving my shout out to Bravo. Well, thank you guys so much for your continued support. You guys know the drill, you know what we're going to say next. And if you haven't done this already, there's, there's always time to do this. <laughs> so please hit five stars. We are so close to 700 ratings. Help us reach that goal. Um, so quickly hit five stars. And if you'd like to leave us a written review, that helps too. Um, thank you, Diva Dawn, who wrote, love this podcast. I feel the ladies are genuine and give a good description of the Bravo shows. It can be as short and sweet as that. It means the world. It really, really does help us. I know we say that all the time and you're probably like, wait, how? But it does. Trust us. Um, And then if you want to support us monetarily and skip Starbucks for the week or even month, join Patreon. So on patreon.com slash real moms, you can join for $3 or $5. And there we're going to discuss more about the Dancing Queens premiere and our happy hour with Danielle. So check that out. And with that, we'll check you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.